Okay, there we go. Oops, and then we've got, oh, Myrna, are you coming in on another? Good evening. Another um, device, perhaps? No. And I can't hear, let me, um, I'm gonna ask to unmute you. I'll ask to. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna um, just not allow the other Myrna to, to come in. Oops, I still can't hear you, that's weird. I just, yeah, it's, your microphone still isn't, isn't working, Myrna. I'm going to ask you, unmute you. She has the red line that says muted. Yes. So Myrna, I've just asked you to unmute you. So you might have to look for the request to unmute. Don't know if you see that. Because unfortunately I can't unmute you. Yep, that's okay, Renate. If you if you mean to be on mute, that's okay. I mean, it's, it's okay, Myrna, if you if you're on mute now. But I just want to make sure for your question that we can hear you. Yeah, I still can't hear you. Um, okay, so this, if you go down to, go down to the very bottom of your left of your screen. Oh, she might have come back. She might be coming back in. Okay, that's okay too. Okay, you you can hear me. Good evening. Yes, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Okay. You're good. Yeah, it's just Myr- Myrna's. I think she's going to come back in on another another um, device. So that's okay. okay. Okay, no problem. All right. So great to see everyone. Um, thanks for checking, Renate. So we've got some Pleasure. questions. And does anyone have any other questions they want to go through today? Just so in terms of timing, because I've got Emmanuel's, I've got Paulus's, I also have Myrna's question. Are there any other questions? that anyone wants to bring nothing that's coming to mind right now. Okay. So as we go along, obviously we go deeper into each question. And then if you think of something else, uh, because we, we probably will have time. All right. So let's talk about Emmanuel's and Paulus's question. Um, I'm going to go through Emmanuel's first since Paulus is still connecting and Emmanuel is actually traveling to Japan. So um, he'll listen to the recording for this one, but it's a really, really good one. So, Emmanuel's question was, as, as many of you know, the thing that he took on to do to, to do something that he really loves and then be able to center his business, network marketing business more around that was to become a teacher of dance. So, which was a big step because he was a teacher of yoga. He loved dance, but he wasn't sure if he could be a teacher. And, and he was taking some of the soul craft or soul craft, soul fit dance classes. And I was like, you absolutely can. You're a born dance teacher. So he's been teaching dance, I think for a year now, and he's been really building his business in that way. Let me just make sure that we've got, got everyone. Okay. So, but the question that has now come up, so he's been recruiting through this dance class and now some, there can be some overlap of some of his students wanting to recruit other students. And then the other thing is one of the, the students is also a teacher there. And I think there might even be like one other person as well. And of course they're, they're recruiting at this gym. So it's a really, really good question because this can relate to anything that you're doing. Like let's say um, Robin with, with your women groups and BNI, et cetera, and the equivalent, what what happens when you have different people that are coming in in the same organization? How do you 
how do you equitably yeah. share those leads? Okay. And that's going to be for anything that you do. So what I always told my dance students is that that became USANA distributors in my case. Let me just, so I'm still allowing people to come in. Um, is I would say that for this dance class, this is really my my network and where I have my PCs coming in, my preferred customers, and also my associates. So anyone that comes to my dance class is is my network, unless there's someone that you are bringing to the dance class. So of course, if it's like your friend or your client or your mother, and you bring them to my dance class, of course, they are your person. But anyone else that comes to my dance class, that they are my prospects. And so I was just always super, super clear about that. Now, on another level, let's say, and this is Emmanuel's case as well, what if there someone that came to my dance class also became a teacher or was a teacher at this class, at this gym as well? Of course, the same thing would go for them that anyone comes to their class would be their person. But what if there's an overlap? Like, what if there's a person that's going to both of the classes? Then I would just from the beginning say, if that happens, then let's sit down and we can talk about where we think um, this person should go. And I would already give them some ideas of how we could decide. Number one, have you known the person longer? You know, number two, and we also have to think about what does this person want to do? You know, like understandably or not understandably, most likely they're going to want to go with the person that they have been with the longest or known the longest. But there could be an extenuating circumstance where the person wants to come under me, let's say. Um, it would have to be, you know, other than, well, you've been doing the business longer. You know, it would have to be an, a, a bigger response than that because you always want to also put to the forefront or have at the forefront of your mind, you want to keep your team happy. Another way that we can make a decision is that if it's happening a lot, that both of our people or both of our clients are going to both of our classes, we just alternate. You know, like you get the first one, you get the second one, but no matter what, we'll figure out the, the right thing to do that's going to be good for the two of us. So that's how I would set it up with that person that is working at the same gym or in the same network that you are. If it's very clear that this is a person that's coming to your class or they knew you, that's your prospect and the same with them. But if it's kind of unclear, we will always figure out a way to equitably and both of us to be happy with the people that are coming in. Some of the things that we can do, and then you can list them off. Who have they known the longest? Who do they want to go with? Is this happening a lot? Should we just alternate? Are you under me? And then possibly, and this is where you have to be very careful, possibly we could put, if it's my person, we could put them under you, but I, I don't want to promise that because it may not be where I need the volume at the time. So you also want to be really clear about that too. But leave the conversation no matter what. We will always figure this out together so that it's not, not, um, not going to ever cause any issues. And then when you sit down and you're figuring it out, you always want to leave the conversation like, does that feel good to you? But the biggest thing is to be open about it, like to talk about it from the very beginning. And then to let your downline know that we'll always, we'll always do something that feels equitable. Now, what about if you get someone who's just like, like is never going to be happy with anything? <laughs> Most likely that's not going to happen the longer you go in network marketing because your team starts to really, the people that you bring in tend to really resonate with you. In the beginning, it, it can happen um, 
more likely because in the beginning, we tend to just be getting anybody. You know, that's just kind of how it goes because we're new and we want anyone. But as we go along, the people that come into your business are typically going to resonate more with your ethics and the see the same same way. Not always, but that ten- does tend to happen. But again, the biggest thing is to have the conversation as quickly as you can and then always talk about it, explode the bomb up front. Anytime you feel like it start might start to be an issue, then you want to talk about it right away and never let it, you know, kind of just say, oh, I'll, I'll deal with it later because these type of things can, you know, escalate. Now, in Emmanuel's standpoint, what happened is that it did happen. There was someone in his team. Um, actually, I don't know if you know if it was in his team. Well, of course, it would have to be in his team. Okay. But I can't remember the, the how it happened. Like it was, were they underneath each other? I can't remember. It doesn't really matter, actually. They actually ended up sorting it out themselves. So they went to each other and talked. But Emmanuel wanted to bring the question, what, what, how can I prevent this in the future? Because of course, there was a little bit of like uncertainty and like, Ugh, like what's going to happen? They sorted it out. But how do you manage this in the future? Okay, so let's talk about questions about this particular um, scenario. Do you have any questions about it? Do you have like another thing that you're thinking, well, what if this happens? Or do you have an example that you want to share as well? And Paulus, yes. Hi, Carmen. Good morning. Um, must be five o'clock in Bali, is it? Yes, that's why if I'm <laughs> like, like a little bleary-eyed. <laughs> yes, that's right. You're like, so anyone that has to get up at five, I feel you. <laughs> uh, um, uh, on, on this... Uh, this case that Emmanuel described. Um, what about when uh, we have the case of cross line? Absolutely not in your not in your team, but happened to be a small town, and then you you're prospecting the same person, and you're not aware it's the same person. And then isn't that really up to the prospect who they choose? Really, in that case, that's a good question. So this is a, a great other scenario. Yes, this is where it gets a little bit tricky as well, because cross line is not in your your downline and you may not even have a rapport like you. You may not even get along. We just don't know. So I think the first rule of thumb is to talk about it as soon as possible. So, you know, calling them and just say, hey, I I just found out they're actually prospecting the same person. What are your thoughts about it? And I always try to let the person talk first, even if even if I kind of think I know. Um, because even just getting them to air, like they could even hear themselves and start thinking, oh, maybe that's not even the right way to think about it. So I, I try to let them talk first and not worry that I'm not going to get my viewpoint out because, you know, if I've asked them, you know, what are their thoughts more than likely they're going to ask, well, what do you think about the situation? So really with a prospect at the end of the day, it is who they want to go with, mm. you know, absolutely. Like even in these scenarios I've talked about, like, like, let's say that Rob and I were like really good friends and she was coming to my dance class and then Alicia started teaching dance and she started doing Alicia's dance class and she really wants to go with Alicia. You know, she just has jived with Alicia that she has a kid too. And, you know, so then really if we have to respect that prospect, what they want to do. So what I would do is just say, you know, it's absolutely fine and really support that decision to do it. Um, because you also don't want there to be any bad blood or bad feeling when the person comes in, you know, and you don't want it to get. So the end of the day, it really is that person. If you can preempt that a little bit beforehand, I would be talking to the person that's prospecting to say, you know, I've always thought who the person knows, like who they're the closest to, 
that's that's the person who should be prospecting them. At the end of the day, it is the prospect's decision. You know, and I'll, I'll always fully support that. But I think initially, like if we're just starting to prospect people, we should go with who do we know the most. Like that should be kind of our, our modus operandi. At the end of the day, though, it is up to the prospect, and I will fully support that. Okay. But you know, you don't you don't want to get in. Like some people can be a little unethical and. It's like you have to have that in your mind. The person that the prospect knows the most, really, that's where it should start. If it doesn't end up that way, go with who the prospect wants. Does that does that make sense? It does. And and mm-hmm. I've had a case. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, we've had a case where a prospect approached Pat saying, "Hey, I want to buy from you." And and then she's complaining about the other associate being too pushy and so on. And then we report to the super upline, and guess what? We're both under his upline and, and under him, and he, he doesn't know what to say. He just kept quiet, saying, either way, I still win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the best scenario. That's the best scenario. So it didn't help, but, you know, um, in, in the end, we said, look, it's up to the customer. The customer's always right. That's number one rule, isn't it? Yeah, if she doesn't absolutely. like the other prospect, then let her buy from you and yeah, um, yeah. let it be. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And to make sure that it doesn't affect that prospect, because you don't want the prospect coming in feeling like there's this war going on with mm. uplines. You know, mm. that's the you want to protect their experience of your network marketing company and the people that are in it. And then have these conversations, if you can, like behind the scenes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it can be really tricky. I always think the best rule is to talk about it as soon as you can and to be, because I've had that happen to me, you know, as well. Um, If I have someone that has come to me that's from, that I know has talked to like somebody else, I'll always call that person just out of, out of respect too, just because I don't want that bad, bad energy out there as well. And then, so I'll, I'll just call them and say, you know, I've had this person come to me. Um, I am aware that you are their friend. Um, they do really want to enroll underneath of me. Um, and some, sometimes I don't, if it's a negative reason why, I won't really go into that unless they press me because I don't want that person to feel bad. I've, oh. It's actually always worked out fine. Like the person is like, you know, if they really want to go with you, that's totally fine. Because usually if that person really wants to go to you with you, there's a reason they're not getting along with that other person. And that person knows it too. You know, so you don't have to like rub their nose in it. Like they think you're too pushy. You know, you don't have to say that unless I'm pushed, like unless they're, well, did they give any reason? And da, 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 then I'll, then I'll say really gently because I want to be honest. They just, they, they felt a little bit pushed and that's, but I'm really gentle. Yeah. And, and always use your heart and your feeling. Like I'm giving you general things of what has worked for me. If you're in a situation, you're like, this isn't going to work. Just go with your gut feeling. Mm. And my rules are always talk about it as soon as I can. Try to protect the new person's experience. Try to not hurt anybody's feelings. And also try to be truthful as well. You know, Because some, sometimes even, even if it's going to hurt the person's feelings, if I can say it nicely, it might be something they need to hear. But I always err on the side of gentleness and not hurting somebody's feelings. Because we're all very tender human beings. <laughs> so, uh, Melinda, I think you had a question too. 
Yes, I uh, am in the earliest stages of just really the discovery process with someone who was introduced to, to USANA many years ago by someone in my downline. Okay. And I have uh, more recently uh, developed a relationship with this prospect. And actually, she may be calling me during this meeting. So it's kind of timely that this is the topic, that I haven't been here for a long time, and this is the topic we're talking about. So uh, I'm just listening to everything that you're saying. And I don't even know if Michelle is the prospect. I don't even know if she even has any ongoing relationship mm, with, mm. With, with, with my downline. Yes. Um, or not. I suspect she doesn't, but I do not know that. That hasn't come up in any conversations yeah. we've had, and I haven't yeah. had any conversations with the with my downline yes. about this. So um, I just like, just in this particular scenario, what would you do? Yes. So just so to make sure I'm clear, so it's someone that you've been talking to and, and that you're aware Previously, she was an associate under someone else in your downline. Was that right? No, no, she's she's, she's never been an associate or or a customer. Okay, she's, so it's just friends. She's never with, signed on with Usana for anything. Gotcha. Okay, so she's just friends with somebody else in your downline. I don't know that they're friends, but that's how she first found out about Usana. Gotcha. Was okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, at some point, somewhere along the line, and. In this, because this is just kind of like the first, you know, you're just sort of feeling her out and, you know, prospecting okay. somewhere along the line, I would just ask her, like, how did you hear about USANA? Or, or I, I know you first heard about this from Sandy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And if, if you, yeah, either you can ask the question or if that feels more natural, like whatever, you know, feels more, because you'll know like what feels better to ask the question or mm -hmm. even like that. And then, um, I would also ask her, let me see how I would phrase that. Um, so did she, did she approach you or did you approach her about the business? She, uh, she, and you, either uh, one is totally fine, but just so I know how to like phrase the, the how you, she, what you'd say. Uh, well, she, she just said she's in a situation where she cannot work a physical job right now because of an injury that she yeah. has. And so she's looking for like immediate cash. <laughs> okay. What she's looking for. Okay, she's looking, looking for something, that she, a non-physical way of earning, of earning money. Okay. Fantastic. So, and do you feel like, do you feel like Sandy and your downline put any, like they've never talked about doing the business themselves. Like has Sandy put any effort into her? A, a long time ago. A long time ago. Okay. Okay. So, and then is Sandy active in your business now? Is she yeah, building? Yeah, she's, she's, she, yeah, yeah, she's building. She's very active. Okay. And mm -hmm. is she, is she in a place where you could put this person or is she in a strong leg or a weaker leg? She's, she's, in, she's on my strong, uh, in she's a strong, in strong leg. leg. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is a great, yeah, this is a, this is a great conversation because if she was in a weaker leg, you know, it's a no brainer. You could just put her underneath right. of her. This yeah. one, I would, be, if Sandy's put effort into trying to recruit her and it wasn't the right time, but now might be the right time. This depending, it could, could cause bad feelings. 
So I would just be really yeah. mindful as you're talking to, to her to kind of really feel it out. And okay. um, because it could be a little bit more of a landmine only because like, there's so many things that could make it not a, a landmine. Like Sandy's no longer building the business. Sandy didn't really prospect her. Um, but because she really prospected her in the past and she's in your downline and she's really active, it could blow up into a situation where she could feel really hurt if you enroll her. So I would just keep the lines of communication really open. Like when you're talking to Sandy or talking to this prospect. Um, mm -hmm. And if she does decide to go forward, um, I mean, you could even ask her, like, um, I know Sandy talked to you before. Would you like to enroll underneath of her? Like probably in this circumstance, I'd be very careful. So Again, make the decision you want to make because there's so there could be so many other things. But thinking in, in my situation, if it was someone in my team that was still active and they had really prospected this person, and if they have a good relationship, because also we don't know, like maybe that person doesn't want to enroll underneath Sandy, you know, and that's going to trump everything. But I would right. tread, yeah, just really feel it out. Because and, if they have, I, if, oh, go, ahead, go I, ahead. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know this but i strongly suspect that uh they haven't maintained a relationship yeah for many years okay yeah and then that could be because she doesn't want to enroll she wouldn't feel comfortable so i would just really suss that out what you want to be careful of is in a situation where um because a, a lot of people just don't know you know like they don't really know the ethics of network marketing that you know really the first person that talked to you should have a, a fair go unless the prospect doesn't want to enroll underneath of them. So, so yeah, I would just kind of keep talking so okay. that it doesn't blow up down the line. Cause the worst thing is you have someone in your downline that's really strong, but there's animosity between you now. And that, that can really cause problems down the line. And at the end of the day, what you want to always know is that it's just one person. So even if this person did decide to go with them, it's just one person. And it's, to, in my mind, it's actually better to keep your whole downline happy and not have bad energy than um, to have animosity within your team. It's very different, though, if that prospect wants to enroll underneath of you because that trumps everything. Okay. Is that helpful? Because okay, I know it's a bit, that's, it's a bit tricky. <laughs> no, it is. It is. That's, that's, that's why I brought it up. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just so glad you did. Now, oh, or do I just kind of feel Michelle out or da 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 da? So, you know, that, that's very helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I think in the background, if you know, like, no matter what, I'm always going to do the right thing. I'm always going to make sure everything's open. If you still feel like you need to feel things out, that's okay too. You know, because you know that somewhere along the line, you'll make sure everyone's happy. You have the conversations you need to, because you also don't, in the beginning, want to scare a prospect off. Like, okay. When's the last time you talked to her? Did she really prospect you? You know, it's like, you don't want yeah, to go right. down that yeah, road. Exactly. <laughs> no, gotta be gentle. Gotta yeah, be, exactly. Yeah. Is that ask, ask the right question. Yes, it's very helpful. Thank you. Oh, good, 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 good. And for everyone else, is that helpful too? It's it, kind of great areas. Absolutely. It is very helpful. It is very helpful. Um, I had a, very briefly, I had a situation where I had an associate, fairly new associate, she got, um, well, actually I did the presentation. She got two people in. And then later on, one of those wasn't getting answers from this, my associate, we'll call her Margot. 
And so she decided, well, Robin is her upline. So I'm just going to go, I'm just going to ask her. And so she called and asked me a few questions. So I was doing a little bit of training with her, but, um, and Margo knew about it, but she, Margo got very angry and declared that that was me taking her associate away from her. I'm like, no, <laughs> but it was like, it, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's the same feeling. Yeah, I think if yeah. I had, you know, if I had approached it at first, I said, well, you definitely want to talk to Margot and make sure, you know, I, I just didn't even consider, I, I considered that, oh yeah, I'll help. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, but Margot got angry enough to later, it just turned into this development. She ended up leaving. Mm. Yeah. Which is so unexpected because it was, was exactly. Like, I was just, <laughs> I wasn't taking anyone away from you. I was helping them succeed just because I had a lot more experience. Mm. Margo was fairly new in the business. So, yeah. And she was still under Margo, correct? Like she was still, yes. yeah. So yeah, which is surprising because you're doing the work for her. Yeah. yeah. But that just shows what the, your lesson is that just to, to be open and kind and. Yes. Not and assume. Not assume. Yes. And I think the, the other thing that's a little bit really important to talk about as well as your business grows, you don't even have time to, to train people under people. So my rule was always that if someone underneath someone wants to get, like they have a question, I would always say, that's a great question. We need to get, let's, let's have a three-way with Paulus. Good idea. So yeah. Paulus was the, yeah, just so I don't get, and also the only reason say, let's say Margot was under Paulus. The only reason Margot is is jumping over Paulus to me is because Paulus might be new and doesn't know the question or doesn't know the answer, but I have to involve Paulus because otherwise I'm going to end up training his person, which is going to be too much work for me. And in this case had a weird outcome of the person getting mad, which is yeah. ironic because you were doing the work, <laughs> Yeah, but it kind of helps, you know, catch two kittens in a basket. Um, then at the end of the day, sometimes this will happen too. And I've had this happen someone under somebody else that maybe you haven't even you haven't even sponsored but it's down your line they have an argument with their upline and they no longer want to work with their upline at all so then what do you do like they they don't want to so if there's another person in between and i've had this happen there was another person in between so i just i jumped in to help and i talked to the person that they didn't want to work with anymore and just said you know this is really erupted obviously we can't, and we're not going to move this person, but are you okay with Tina stepping into train and all help facilitate it a little bit in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Because you, again, you want to make sure that you're down there. Nothing, there's no miscommunication. That new person isn't affected. The, the distributor that the person doesn't want to work with doesn't get their knickers in a twist, you know, so you just want to manage all of that. But I didn't want to end up training that person because they were so far down, down the line. I didn't even get volume from it but I could help manage it in the beginning. So I, I think that the lesson is be up as, as front as possible. And even if you wouldn't even think that someone would have a problem with you training their team member, it's just good. To, yeah. Cause who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Such a great question. And I also have had, I did have a, a, a um, an associate that was super super pushy, and I actually did have to go to her and say we're getting a lot of feedback. And just I had a meeting with her, 
that people who are coming to you are, are feeling they're really pushed into it. Um, can we have a conversation about this and talk about it? So it was really needed because she was really like people would come in and they would buy pro packs, but they said, I just felt bamboozled, you know, like, I don't even really know what I bought, you know, so we had to, and then that was, but the whole thing is just to have these conversations as quickly as possible. It's always better, even if it's hard. Cool. Such a great conversation. You're so welcome. And thanks for bringing that example. Does anyone have any other questions or anything they'd like to? Yes, Myrna. Um, I think the thing I, I know that with how I work is that I, I like to, I actually like to enroll people that are much, have bigger gifts than myself, that are much better at doing things myself. So sometimes what happens is that you, we kind of have to recognize what our own gifts are and then who, if people go to other someone else and they, they're better at it, all it needs is it just needs communication. That's really what it all Because you can mm. really say someone else, give them the credit of saying they're very skilled in that area. You know, I suggest you go to them. Um, and then you just work with what it is that you have. Otherwise, you're constantly going round and round and round, trying to become this all-rounded person, and you're not really stepping and growing fully into who you really are. Yes. And it all also stems from us thinking that this one prospect is so important and it's going to make or break our business. And at the end of the day, that one person is not going to make or break your business. And oftentimes it's funny how the universe works, but that person you thought was going to be so great doesn't even do anything. So it's not worth, yeah, it's just let it go. Yeah. And mm -hmm. communication. So well said. Yeah. Communication is so key. And even in terms of our energy, if there's any place in your life where there's a conversation you've been dreading to have, have that conversation because it frees up energy all the time. Like that whole thing is, is there any conversation I'm not having? Is there anything that I'm dreading doing in the day, like procrastinating, eat your frog before noon? Those two things will free up so much energy and will help the flow of everything in your life. Have a tough conversation. Do the thing that you don't want to do as quickly as possible. All right, that's such a good question, which then goes on to Paulus's question, which is, is a little bit similar in the sense of, do we want to build someone's one side? And this all comes from the question in module six about beachfront property. And so it's a enrolling strategy when you first come into the business. And what it is, is it's a, a strategy that everyone has when they first come in, because your first four spots are your beachfront property because everyone else you enroll is going to go underneath of those. And then those four people, their first four spots are, you know, like beachfront property because everyone they enroll is going to go underneath them as well. So it's, it's a brilliant strategy. It's how I actually went silver so quickly and then had the realization that I still needed to build an auto order business, but it still helped me go silver. So it's a, it's a great way to get everyone to move quickly but you want to teach this, you know, to your whole downline as well. But Paulus had a really insightful question. He was like, but then are you ever going to get into the danger of building, promising that you're going to build down one side? Okay, so it's a really good distinction. So you, you won't, as long as you phrase it, that these, these are my first four positions. And with the binary compensation plan, we don't go wide, we go deep. Okay, so the first four 
everyone else that I, I'm going to enroll is going to go underneath those first four. Now, normally what happens, as long as you're building, you are going to put people underneath those first four. So say like my first four were my mom, my previous network marketing business, the person who I sold to, they actually bought a place right underneath of me, one of my closest friends, and then someone from work. So because I was building really strongly, then when I was, you know, the next people I was, I was, I was actually just putting them underneath of it. As long as you're building strongly, that is going to happen. And you don't want to bring the conversation ever that I'm going to build one side of you. Okay, so the only time that you would, in my opinion, that you would, there are always extenuating circumstances, but family is a different thing where, like, I would build one side of my family member, like my mom or my dad. I think we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, so sorry if I'm repeating this. I wouldn't build this both sides of my sister or someone who's capable of building a business, but someone like a mom or a grandma, you know, that's different. That's always going to be up to you. But my belief is that if you build both sides to someone, um, obviously you just enable them when they can do it, except for parents. Building down one side is never a guarantee either because you may need to build somewhere else. Okay, now in my business, because I've been you know, like always building, most of my sponsored people do have like one side at least gotten going for them until they've become strong and they've gone on. So most of my people do have, you know, one person underneath of them, or at least for a customer, someone that I've personally sponsored. But you you don't want to ever get into promising I'll build one side to you. That that beachfront strategy is more that my first four places are the coveted positions because everyone I put underneath after that, I have to go deep. And most likely if you're building like really strongly in the beginning, you are going to put people under those first four. Does that, does that make sense, Paulus? Because it is a really little distinction between promising someone that you're going to build down one side to them. It, it does. Um, what I was talking about was the uh, rank advancement strategy where it goes one side, but it's similar to what you're saying. Oh, uh, okay. I was thinking it was the beachfront. So the rank advance strategy is, is fine if you're going to do it. Like you can't use that as a rank advancement strategy. And correct me if I'm wrong, is that when in module six where I'm saying that if you, it's, it's a rank advancement strategy, but it's also to help get people in. Correct. So in that case, as long as you're going to do it, it's totally fine to say that. So just as a reminder for people, this, this is actually how I went silver because I had a really strong, strong leg. And then I had people in my pipeline. And so when somebody came in with a professional pack, the, I then called three other people. So I called the second in my, my pipeline that was the, um, the second hardest to enroll that I thought would be the toughest. And so I said, um, if you can come in now, I can put in this person that I've just enrolled. So when they came in, then I did put that person in. Okay. But before I did that, I then called somebody else and said that was in my pipeline. If you can, I could only do that when this person said, so I had one yes. Now I had two yeses. Then I called someone else in my, my pipeline. If you can come in now, I can give you two people. Then when they said yes, then I called the last person. If you can come in now, I can give you three people. 
but it was, it was what I was going to do. I was going to stack them because I needed that volume to go silver and I was going to do it. So it was no guarantee that I'm going to continue building underneath of you in the future, but I'm going to give you this person. Does, does that make sense? Probably a bit easier then because now we've got this two-factor authentication. So we've got to have them on Zoom when we sign people up. Yeah, in, in the UK, yes. But you it's still that still wouldn't it, no, there's nowhere else in the world except the UK, I think in Europe as well. But um, but that still doesn't matter about bringing somebody in because or telling them that you're going to put someone underneath of them because you can still enroll them because you don't have to enroll them right away as long as they're okay with that. So yeah. if so, say say that first person has said yes, I'm in. So if you know that you've got a couple of people in the pipeline, what you can say to this person is. Um, that's fantastic. Let's set up a time to enroll you. So then you're still on the phone doing the two-factor authentication. Okay. And you don't you don't have to, there's nothing unethical about um, putting someone before them, you know, unless you've told them that they're getting the beachfront property. This wasn't the case with this person. This was, you know, further along in my business. My beachfront property had already been taken. So you could never do this to someone like put someone above them if you've told them you they could have your beachfront property so that is another distinction too yes uh, Carmen I have another related question to the beachfront property um when when your business matures and and you know people in your front line your beachfront property decide look I don't want to do this anymore um and it becomes a, a dead wood if you like and there is an option to sell that, isn't there? Is that yes. advisable or, or would you, is that an option or or not good? Because if, if somebody buys that position and has already got volume coming up because all the work's been done, but somebody doesn't want to continue with that business, um, is that better than or advisable? What are the pros in, in, instead of enrolling the new associate way down your tree? That's a good question. Yes. If you're kind of like new in your business or newer, like, like achiever to goal, like somewhere in there, and you have a place that you are still building underneath, absolutely. That would be like a perfect scenario because that person could buy the business and you, you still want to training them get benefit because if, if it's in a maxed out line where you're not going to get any benefit, it would be really hard for you because then you're, you're going to have to still train this new person, but you're not getting any volume. So what I would do instead, so this would this really works until your goal probably, or a little bit beyond, and you st they could buy a position that they could have one side built for, for them and still get the training from you. If it's in a maxed out place, which it could be, it's better actually for them to go under your reentry as high up in your reentry as possible because that's your other beachfront property. Yeah. And they're going to get the training from you because it still benefits you. Okay. Because remember, like as much as we, of course, we're all good people and we want to help our people. But if, if, at the, if you're gold and above, or even getting near to gold and you're doing this, even if you're an achiever and you're doing this, if you're maxed out, it, you you almost can't help them as much as you want to because you're not making any money from it. You have the rest of your team that you have to help. So no matter how, you know, out of the goodness of our heart, it's going to be really hard. 
So I would rather have that person under a reentry where they're, they have the opportunity to have a beachfront property under my reentry, which is where I'm building because I've put that reentry where I'm building. So this, the, the synergy is great. They get beachfront property and they get my help. Okay, very good. Thank you. And in all of these too, like you can always, if you have this situation, you can always bring it here and I can look at your volume and I can look at your, you know, everything to say, yeah, like this would actually be, because most likely you're not going to be maxed out for six months. So you could work really well with this person. Or I might say, you know what, I would put them under your reentry and then just go gangbusters with them. And then the goal with re-entries is, and different companies will have different, you know, names for re-entries, but there's usually always something like that. You always want to have a re-entry in each of your legs. So starting with your weakest leg, then the next weakest leg, then the next weakest leg, because that's your insurance. Because we think that people are never going to drop out, but you think of my forefront line, like it's crazy. Like my forefront line, the... Well, this is kind of not 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 unexpectedly. The people who bought my first network marketing business, they actually never did anything with the USANA network marketing business. So, but you know, they bought a space just in case they wanted to. So um then my my really good girlfriend in, from Canada, she decided to do something else, but she's at the top of my like imagine that. She's at like the very top. <laughs> I mean, now it's nine 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 out because it's been so long ago. And then the other lady did a little bit, but she just didn't do, you know, over the years, she kind of just, she's actually still on the product, but she never built really the business. So that's why we can think these people will never drop out or not do anything, but that's why we need the re-entries to, to, for your insurance for each of your, your lines. All right. So um let's go on to Myrna's actually let me just circle make sure complete this does anyone have questions about any of this so I think the takeaway is what can you use to rank advance what can you use to help because all of us probably our beachfront property is gone what can you do to help your new people so that beachfront property really works for your new people and then what can we do to help myself rank advance and my team rank advance? And then the idea that when someone comes in new, what is the best place, what is the best thing to do? Have them buy an existing position or just start in a new position? And that really is going to depend on where can you best support them. And that that will relate to any network marketing business if you're not, you know, not it's not used on a specific. All right, let's dive into. Can I just ask? Sorry, yes, can I just ask about absolutely. this buying buying a business that's higher up? I don't really understand that. So, if you've got yeah. um somebody who is stopped working their business, somebody else could buy their business rather than coming in at the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. So, there's even a form on our back office where you someone can buy a business. So you you can absolutely do that. Now, and what if the person who has stopped doing it completely and like I've got one who's died? Okay, then it would. I don't know if it, they ever put it into a trust to the family, but they could buy it from the. No, family. they never did anything with the business anyway. Ooh, okay. So that's an interesting. You might have to call Usana with that one. I've ne never actually had that. I would imagine. 
that someone needs to give permission. And if it's not in their will, if you could ask Usana, if I got the the nearest relative's permission, is that sufficient? That's what I would probably ask. And with the other people, you just get in touch with them if you had somebody who wanted to buy that. Exactly. Yeah. And what sort of, I mean, how well, much do people buy it for? It typically a business. Yeah. And this this is only like typically for and network marketing businesses are very different, but typically a business, the profit after all expenses times two to three. So let's say they made eight hundred dollars. Well, no, let's say let's let's say they made five thousand dollars minus any expenses. So, but in this case, you know. I mean, it's, it's just so tricky. Like I, I sold my my network marketing business based on two times earning. So my, wow. but that was like years ago. You, so typically it's two to three times the year's earning minus, minus expenses. So if they made 5,000 and they had like a few expenses like um, advertising, et cetera, say they, they came out with 4,000, then it would be 4,000 times two. But and also, if they've never done anything with the business and don't have any profit from it, then I would just offer them a what they paid for their business, and that's what I was actually going to go to. Like, so say okay. they say they paid fourteen hundred, say they paid eight hundred, say they paid one hundred and fifty. I would just offer them what they paid for the business, because oftentimes, if people have never done anything, they would just be happy to have what they mm. purchased their business centers with. So can I add to that, Carmen? Yes. Uh, 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 Dr. Ali Grimson, I've got a story which is almost like what your your scenario. Um, one of Pat's friends, um, she she um, inherited three business centers because her business partner suddenly died in an accident. And um, his family gifted it to her because she was so close to him uh, for, for a pittance, really nothing. And then later on, I mean, she had six business centers. She she wasn't trained properly. And then it was amazing. Somebody offered her $20,000, this is over 10 years ago, for, for that. And she she didn't take it. I thought, wow, she didn't understand the value she had. So yes, you can sell it. Mm-hmm. And um, you need to value it properly and understand if you're not going to do anything with it, sell it, take the money um, Absolutely, it's a real business. This is not nothing uh, small. Yeah. You can become that big. So, so yeah, yeah. very good point. Mm. Amazing story, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, such such a good point. Ab- absolutely, and if because if especially, I mean, this lady had six business centers, but even if you have one side, even if you have a side half built for you, that's huge. Yeah. So, okay, so really good point. Is there anything else about this? Because this is usually where the good, the really good questions come out. Okay, so we feel complete about this one. So let's go on to Myrna's. So Myrna, I just want to pull up yours because I thought the languaging was really good. So just bear with me a second. Um, okay, yes, so Myrna says, and how are we doing for time? Oh, okay, so we've got 10 minutes. Appreciate a conversation around remaining in integrity with one's value systems, how to navigate the response when one decides to stay in your own power 
remain resolute with courage to pursue. So can you give us an example? And if it's because sometimes these stories, if you don't want it to, you know, say everything about it, but just to, enough to give us a sense. So whatever you feel comfortable with of the situation that this is, and you can make it up, <laughs> but just something to give me a little bit more. Okay. I, I, I think that it's when you, it, when it's either an individual or it can be a group. And where they where there are actions that are taking that are out of integrity, and it's where I just absolutely refuse to bow down to it, and I refuse to keep quiet about it. I will, I'll actually confront people about it, and I, and it does take a lot of courage to do that, and it takes a, it takes a lot out of you to actually do it. But I can't stop myself because my value system is so strong that I just cannot stop myself from saying what it is that, that needs to be said and whether they do anything or not about it. But it does leave uncomfortable. It does leave one feeling uncomfortable. And it does also leave one not liked. I have to get over that fact that when you do things like that, you're not exactly going to be loved and kissed mm. upon. And... So it's and but it also affects your energy when you're when you thought that everything that was presented to you in terms of a value system was there, and then you're slowly seeing that value system system unraveling. Mm, mm, yes, which can be really disappointing too, especially when yeah, it's around it's, values. It's, yeah, it's disappointing, but it's even more disappointing when you don't feel you're being heard. And so that makes it that makes it disappointing, yeah. too. Yeah, this is such a big topic because it has ramifications. Whether it's like in a relationship, if it's someone in your downline, if you're having challenges with your landlord, if you're you know, there's so many scenarios that this this can happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to throw out a few things to for everyone to think about. So in relationships, because there's going to be different layers of this, in, in relationships, I always think, and this can relate for anything, I always think it's better to talk about the thing soon as soon as possible, you know, as soon as I can, because the more water that goes under the bridge, just it, it ends up being a bigger thing. Now, and this goes for, you know, if it's your landlord, if it's your company, if it, you know, whatever it is, I always try to talk about it as soon as possible. The other thing I really try to do is speak my my truth with grace and love. So I always, always try to not come from anger or um, high emotion because that makes the person, it makes the landlord, it makes the company just want to press against you. So I always try to speak my truth without giving people anything to press against, like to, to push back against. The other thing I... I really try to do as well is that to present my truth without trying to make the person wrong. And that also I still have choice that I don't have to engage in the relationship. I don't have to engage in whatever it is still without making that person wrong. So I still have choice. And I find that really helps when, especially if I feel that my values are really different and that 
even if it feels like what I thought the integrity was or I thought was the container is now different. I really try to um, know that I still have choice. I can speak what I feel is really important without making the person wrong. Because sometimes when we get into like, okay, this is my truth and you're, you're wrong, it just doesn't work. You know, so I still try to stay very resolute in what I believe without making that person wrong. And at the end of the day, I still have choice to walk away or not engage, et cetera, still with not making them wrong. Because as soon as we get into this, well, like I'm right and you're wrong, that energy stays with us as well. And if you can shift it slightly, I still have choice to do something different, but I don't have to make them wrong. It releases some of that negative charge that otherwise we would have kept with us as well. Because there's something still about almost being like in this righteous anger that this person is wrong. It's it's actually really taxing on us. Does that make sense to everyone? It doesn't, it's not going to work for any, every situation. Like sometimes you just have to walk away from something. Sometimes you can't walk away <laughs> and you just have to figure out a way to work together. You know, it, it could be anything. It could be your landlord, could be your relationship, could be a company, could be anything. Um, but as much as possible, I try to speak my truth without making that person wrong so that I'm not actually the one that's dealing with all the negative energy. And because I've seen this when, I mean, there's been so many, so many things in my life, whether it's a business partner, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a company where I feel like this is the way it should be done. But at the end of the day, if it's not done, it leaves me with all this negative energy as well. And I don't want that. So I'm speaking in really broad terms because I don't know the certain circumstance. And I, you know, again, you have to kind of just take what is going to work. Um, I've also had, you know, things in my life that I don't think should have happened. And how can I be really clear with what I stand for? And at the same time, if that person is or entity or whatever it is, is not going to change, not letting that affect me. Because at the end of the day, we all have free will. And like, let's say like you and Myrna, like, you know, say we were in a business partnership and somehow it wasn't starting to work. I could get really upset and like, this is what we said. And, you know, da, 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 but it's not going to serve anyone because you probably have a different opinion or a different take on it than me. And even if I feel like, like I'm in my integrity, you probably do too, <laughs> you know? So, so I have to be really aware that I might just have a different experience of life that I can't negate because that's my experience. But again, I can't, I don't want to make you wrong and be left with that negative energy. Is that helpful at all? Am I hitting on anything? Because I don't know the whole circumstance. Yes, it does. It does. Um, I guess I have a challenge in sometimes you have to say what you have to say once, then you have to say it twice, then you have to say it a third time so they absolutely get what it is you're saying because yeah. yeah. they're just not in the space of where, you, where you're at. And you're seeing further ahead because I'm a visionary. Honestly, I can see right out there and I can mm -hmm. see where this is all going to lead to. And you're really just wanting to say, can you stop or can you change? Because there's disaster at the end of it. Yeah, unfortunately, because we can't, 
this free will, like we can't, even if we can see and we know, and this, this can happen in relationships too, you know, like we're mm-hmm. like, like, and this is where we, we never want to say, like, I told you so, because <laughs> that's never going to, but we can see, like, we just know what's going to happen. But I, I think, I, I remember when I worked in England for um, Action International, so I was their franchise development manager, and I was responsible for helping all the new franchise owners that own territories. So these were all really strong-willed men. There was actually, there was no woman as a franchise owner in the whole of England. And I was the only woman and it was all these, there's probably 10 really strong-minded men that owned these territories. And they would come in once a month and we would have this big conversation about how to manage their territories. And I remember one of the, the men was so eloquent and so well-spoken when everyone was heated, he would always speak his truth, but he never had any charge. And somehow because of that, we all listened to him. And I always thought, I want to be like that. I want to speak my truth, but I don't want to have charge or be making somebody wrong because I could see all the other men and just happened that they were, they were men. It's not because they were, it wasn't because they were men. They just happened to be all men. They, when they made each other wrong and they were like, like that we said, we're going to do this and we're out of integrity. It just, everything fell apart. But when this one person was like really calm, really spoke his truth, but he wasn't making anyone wrong we somehow all then came together. And I was like, that's how I want to be. I never want to exactly. step over my truth because that's so important, but I want to say it with grace and love and not not be attached to the outcome because the other thing is we can't control other people. We just can't. And, and in fact, when we try to control or, or tell them too much, oftentimes they're just going to press against us. And can I just say something? Yes, Ali, yes. Um, so with T. Harv Eker, I've got two affirmations that have stood me in good stead from this point of view. One is I release the need to be right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other is I release the need to blame, complain, or justify my situation. Mm-hmm. And it stops you getting into these arguments yeah. because you're not trying to be right. Yes. Yeah. So powerful. And I found that was a really big one for me, especially if you have really high values and high standards, mm-hmm. <laughs> there is this thing like, well, it's the right thing to do. Like, of course it's right. <laughs> but the minute that we put being right over anything else, it's always a disaster. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that Ali, that's a very good point that you've made, but I think I've changed in that I've always been quiet about it. And now I feel I just need to have the conversations. I've been very, very good at all the scripture and all the personal development memes and all of that. But I'm changing now because I want my voice to be heard. And I, I think that's really valid, Myrna. Like I, I, I never think that we should step over what we feel or what we believe. Because if you don't have a voice, that yeah, that's going to come out in so many other ways. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I don't know the situation. I only know for me, when I when I can be not emotional about it, I'm not saying you are, just, I just, I know me. I've been very emotional in the past when I'm trying to get across my point. But I know when I can be really calm and not attached to them actually doing it and take away any need to be be right and that I still have choice. You know, like I still have choice. I don't have to continue in this business partnership. I don't have to continue. I can do something else. 
that's has been really freeing to me. But to your point, I never think that we should step over and not have a voice. Yeah, absolutely. Can I say something? Yes, yes, Claudia, over to you. <laughs> in my in my job, I was also acting as a mediator. That means when there were conflict situations, that I was there, the one kind of finding out what is possible. And I came across regularly that um, the, the two people which had an argument, if I dive into each world, then I, they say that is right. And they're from in their world, that was right. And the other one said, also oh, that is right. It was the opposite thing. In both worlds, it was right. And I could understand that in their world, it was right. And still, it was a different thing. So there are so many realities and so many rights. Yeah. And at, at the end is then understanding that. And what you say, you cannot change somebody else. Yeah? You can just, yeah, maybe try to understand about. But for me, even trying to understand these worlds was really hard work because it was so much different from my words. And, and yeah, it, it gave me the understanding that I leave just the person where they are. I mean, from a principal point of view, that they, they, everybody has a right to be who they are. Yeah? And it's not up to me to judge or to change or whatever. Mm. Yeah? And uh, that at the end, once um, you, you really find your way in this, it's uh, so, it, it, so much relief. I would say. Mm. Yeah. And that, that really, that whole idea that there are different realities of what's right. And we, yeah. everyone has their own journey, but also I, I like the minute that we start talking about these things, like, you know, Myrna, you having your voice, like, okay, I need to say yeah. this. It also opens up the conversation that needs to be had. So sometimes, you know, it's, it's jostly and there even maybe time, like I still do this. I'm like, oh, I could have said that better, but it's okay. You know, it's still that conversation had to be had. And I know what you said also too, Myrna, with feeling like you have to say the same thing over and over. I remember with my second network marketing company years ago, they made a decision that I really didn't think they should have made. And so I just kept talking to them about it. And I was a squeaky wheel. I kept talking to them, about it, like kept doing it. And I wasn't, mean or mad or like you know like arrogant about it I was just like this has to change eventually they changed it but I felt like I had to talk to them about 10 times you know but I do remember I made a concerted effort to keep talking to them about it um being the squeaky wheel but not being you know like the 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 super angry person but that was more my journey because I knew I could get overly emotional so I'm not saying that's you Myrna that was just me so, oh no, it can be it can be near times. That's okay, Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sometimes it, it just, <laughs> and it can it's okay too if that happens because you can always go back and say, Hey, I know I was a little bit emotional, and it just opens up the conversation even more because we're human. Yeah. What well, what uh, you you more or less said it, it's not right nor wrong, it's different. Yeah. Does yeah. Uh, can be different, okay? <laughs> it's different. And, and then another thing, we agree to disagree. Agree to disagree, yes, yes. <laughs> things like that. Yeah? So that makes these things, and it opens up for conversation, yeah, for sure, yeah. 
Yeah. And sometimes even when we're, I've had this, I think I'm so, so right. And then actually when I hear that person's side, I'm like, oh, I didn't even, now I understand more. And to go back where this first started, like the whole, this whole conversation is just about communication. Like as humans, I think if we don't step up over our truth, try to say it with grace and love, realize there's different ways of thinking and we just talk, we can resolve most things. Yeah. Mm. But yes, Tamerna, I, I really want to honor this one thing that if we haven't been speaking our truth and we're now realizing we need to, please honor that. You know, like that's that's really important because health issues can come up when we're not speaking our truth as well. Speaking our truth, truth I always say with grace and love. Mm-hmm. This is such a great conversation, everyone. Thank you for bringing these kind of tricky topics because they're they can be tricky, but they're just so important and it's it's life and business, right? (laughs) Like these are the things that happen. All right. So um, was there any final words, Ali? Was there, I felt like there was something you might want to say. No, I was just saying it's seven minutes past 11 and I've got to take my daughter to Brighton. So let's, let's have our picture. All right. So (laughs) let's do our, our happy picture first and then we'll do our crazy one. So one, two, three. And then let's do our crazy one. One, two, three. Ah! Super cute. All right, I'll go post this. Your two ahas, your two action steps. Thank you everyone for showing up and really going through this together. We'll see you in two weeks and keep any questions coming on the forum. Love you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.